For God so loved the world. Ah, what, a, what a great word that is. Boy, I tell you, I'm glad to be here. I don't know about you folks, but it's good to see humanity again in the flesh. Now, for, for those of you who are watching online, we're grateful for that too. What would we have done without that? But isn't it good to be back together? It's, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to come and share with you. Appreciate the invitation to do that. I want to read to you this morning from a passage from the Old Testament. And I'm going to be skipping around just a bit. But these are some significant words. They come out of that episode that all of us are familiar with where God appears to Moses in that burning bush. Remember that? And he calls on him. He challenges him with a mission to lead his people, the Israelites, out of their bondage, their slavery in Egypt. Now, that's, that's quite a task. That's quite a mission he's being given. But listen, listen to these words. This is from the third chapter. The Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I'm skipping down into verse 10. So come, I will send you, remember he's talking to Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Freedom march here, folks, to bring them out of Egypt. And then I'm skipping again down to 13. And Moses is responding to that. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Now, folks, those last few verses have always seemed sort of strange to me. I mean, here Moses is being called to lead his people on a freedom march out of their slavery, which was a good thing to do that. But he's asking the Lord what his name is. Now, why, why would Moses think that the people of Israel would want to know what God's name is? I mean, a name for us moderns is not what it was to the Hebrew people. I mean, when we name a child, when parents name a child, it's usually after a, a, a parent or a grandparent or a favorite uncle or aunt. Or maybe, maybe it's just a name they like. Maybe they know some people who were named that and they like that name. But there's no real significance for us for us here in the 21st century to have to a name other than something to identify us by. But for the Hebrews, it was different. 
For the Hebrews' names had meaning. What Moses thought and what the Hebrew people would have thought was that the name of a person revealed the character of that person. Your name revealed who you were. It revealed something about you. Now, here they were ready to leave Egypt and go out into the wilderness, and they need to know that. They needed to know that. Names had significance. You remember uh, uh, when Peter made his great confession at Caesarea Philippi and said, Jesus, you are the, you are the Messiah, you're the Christ? You remember it was then, then that Jesus gave him the name Peter. Before that, he was Simon. But the name Peter means rock, and what Jesus was saying to him is, Peter, is you're going to be, you're going to be a, a rock of a man. You're going to be a rock in this movement, this Christian movement. You're going to be the rock. It had significance. Same way with, uh, with Paul. He was Saul of Tarsus when he was persecuting the Christians. But when he confronted Jesus, when he encountered the risen Lord, everything changed. And Jesus called him to go on a mission to carry the good news, the gospel, not just to the, uh, to the Hebrew people, to the Jews, but to the Gentile world. And so his name was changed from Saul, the Hebrew Saul, to the Roman name Paul. Names meant something. It revealed character. So Moses wants to know the name of God because he wants to know what kind of God this is who is calling us to leave Egypt and to go out into the wilderness. Now, slavery was bad. But at least they had a shelter. At least they had food to eat to go out into the wilderness and to leave Egypt. That's what they had to do. They had to go out into the Judean wilderness. And if you've ever been to Israel, if you've ever been to the Middle East, you know what the Judean wilderness is like. It's not like the Sahara Desert. It's not just sand. It's rocks and mountains, and there's the desert heat, and there are wild animals out there. And where were they to get food? And then there was the haunting sense of the unknown. What can you hope for in a wilderness? Moses wanted to know the name of God because he wanted to know the character of God. And so do we. You know, my wife, Charlene, was going out. She had to go to the grocery store the other day, and it was dusk. The sun was going down. She said, I'm, I'm going to run out. I'll be back in, in a short time. And I said, honey, that's okay, but you be careful. It's a jungle out there. Yeah. It's a wilderness. And it is. We're in a wilderness too, folks, and you know that. This pandemic has been with us, not just, not just thousands of people, not just hundreds of thousands, but millions globally have died with this, in this pandemic. And we're not through it yet. It's a wilderness. And it's a wilderness in other ways, too. You, watch, you read the news and you read about, you read about the violence and uh, 
drive-by shootings, school shootings. It's just one thing after another, and we wonder if it'll ever end, don't we? We wonder if it's ever going to be an end. We're kind of like the little, the little boy who was going with his parents. They were going on a vacation, and it was a long trip, and they were driving. And you know how children can do. He kept asking, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? Are, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Some of you, you know that. And uh, finally, his mother got exasperated with him, and she said, she said, Johnny, just be quiet, just hush. We'll get there when we get there, and we'll let you know. Well, for a few miles, he was quiet, but then he got fidgety again. But he remembered what his mother had said, and so he changed the question a little. He said, Daddy, are we still going to be alive when we get there? <laughs> and we wonder sometimes about this pandemic and all the things that are happening in our world today. Are we still going to be alive? Are we going to make it through all this? It's a wilderness out there. And Moses wanted to know in his wilderness what the character of God was. This God who was calling him out there. God, what is your name? What is your name? What is your character? What are you like? Well, we want to know that too as we go through our wilderness here. We want to know that. And... Uh, and God has revealed it to us. It's in this book. It's all in this book. It's kind of a progressive thing. God has revealed his name bit by bit. He spoke one word to Abraham and another word to Moses and another word to Isaiah and another word to Jeremiah and the prophets. And then finally, finally to put it in metaphorical language, God walked down the stairs of heaven with a baby in his arms. And we, we saw the name. We heard the name. The name of God. The name of God is love. First John says it in three little words. God is love. That's his name. And that's what we know. There's no secret about it. That's the gospel. That's what you've been hearing preachers talk about uh, from the very beginning. That's what we always saw. That's the gospel. God is love. That's the name of God. And we know that. We know it. We're like, it's like the fellow who got a guitar. He always wanted a guitar, and he got his guitar, and somebody showed him how to do a chord on it, and he'd hit that chord over and over and over again. And finally, his wife was exasperated, and she said, Homer, Brad Paisley and all them other fellows, they run their fingers all up and down the fretboard. You keep hitting that one chord over and over. Can't you do something else? He said, honey, them fellows are looking for it. I already found it. <laughs> and we found it too. We know, we know the name of God. It's love. That's what it is. I remember in, in uh, Shara and I watched... Uh, the series The Crown, which is about the royalty in England, and some of you, I'm sure, have seen that. And one of the episodes was about a tragedy that occurred in, in Aberfan in South Wales. Uh, it happened in uh, 1966, I think it was. It was a terrible thing. It was a coal mining town in, 
and the coal, the, the waste from the coal had been building up on the mountaintop that overlooked that little village. And it finally, finally, it came down. And it rushed down. It was 40, 40 foot high wave of that black waste that came down on that village. And it destroyed the village. 144 people lost their lives. 116 of them were children. And it was a terrible thing. And they asked, uh, they couldn't imagine the, the grief that the people felt. And they asked the bishop who, of that area if he would come and say a few words to try to bring some comfort to the people. And he did. And one of the things he, he told them, he told them about a bookmark that he had. He said, at home I have this bookmark that uh, my mother gave me years ago. She made it for me and it's embroidered in fine silk. He says, you look at it on one side and, and the threads are crossed and, and recrossed and in a tangled mess and you look at it and you think, whoever made this didn't know what she was doing. But he said, when you turn it over, it says, God is love. Beautiful silken embroidery. God is love. He says, now we see the tangled mess but don't forget that God is love. And that makes a difference, all the difference in the world. God is love and will see us through this tragedy. We know that. We know that. But then there's an addendum. And that's, that gets us back to this scripture. It's, it's way over. It's in the first part of the Bible, in the book of Exodus. And and. The full content of love is not yet known. That's came with Jesus. But there's something here. God spoke a word when asked what his name is. God spoke a word and told Moses something that he needed to know at that time. Now, usually the way that's translated, the way God's answer is translated is, I am who I am. You ask me my name, I am who I am. That's what the English translations say. But Martin Buber, who was uh, arguably one of the, the, arguably the preeminent Jewish biblical scholar in the 20th century, Buber said, that's not quite right. That's not a good translation. Because the Hebrew really means I am here. I am present. And he says what God is really saying is that I am present wherever you are in whatever you do the love this loving God this is what we know now this loving God is present with us uh, Marcus Borg the theologian Marcus Borg had, gives this metaphorically in a beautiful picture I think he, he talks about fish in the ocean and he said it's like God is the ocean and we're the fish in the ocean the fish can't survive without the ocean 
But the, the fish is surrounded by the ocean, and the ocean is both outside of and inside of the fish. God is present. And how does he make his presence known? How does he reveal himself to us? Well, in, in many different ways as we walk through this wilderness that we're in. Sometimes it's through, it's through reading it's through reading his written word. Haven't you ever read the Bible and, and, and you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you somehow? Sometimes it says we go to God in prayer and we sense, we sense that, that still small voice speaking to us, calling us to do something. Sometimes it's in servanthood. For God, for didn't Jesus say, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, my brother, and you've done it to me, that's where I am as you serve, as you love. It's through one another. God loves us through one another. God is present always to love us. I think it was uh, Wallace Hamilton in one of his books who told about an incident in World War I. They fought war back in those days differently than we do today with our drones and all. But soldiers would act, they'd march toward one another and shoot. It was, there was death everywhere. And, and it was fought in those, those foxholes. And, and, and he told about these two soldiers and were in a foxhole. And uh, of course the enemy, they were firing at one another and he said they looked out across that bloody, muddy field and with the tangled barbed wire and the broken bodies. And, and the younger fellow said, the younger soldier said to his, well, it was an officer, it was his lieutenant. He said, Lieutenant, he said, uh, how do we explain the, the, the evil madness that leads people? Men to become snarling animals where we kill each other. He, and then he said, where is God? Where is God in all of this? About that time, two stretcher bearers went over the top. And they went out under enemy fire to rescue a wounded soldier who was groaning in pain. And the lieutenant said, there's God. There goes God now. Oh, God has always used humans to reveal his spirit. He's used you. And he has come through others to you. God is as close to us as our breathing. It's like we're like fish surrounded by the ocean. God is present. That's what the name of God is. Ever-present love. Moses needed to hear it. We need to hear that today. Uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning in Aurora Lee has some beautiful words that I've always loved. She said, Earth's crammed with heaven. And every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round it 
and pluck blackberries. <laughs> Don't be a blackberry pucker. <laughs> but do the things that sensitize your spirit to the presence of God. He's here. God is here. He is with us in the midst of the wilderness. Let me close with by pointing to another verse that's in Exodus. As those Hebrews looked toward the wilderness, they were there, ready to go. God had called them out. And there's a verse, I think it's in the 16th chapter, that says, they looked toward the wilderness and there beheld the glory of God. And that's what enabled them to go. God is as close as you're breathing. And he is love. Will you pray with me? Kind Father, oh my, we, it, it's a troubled world and we see so many things that are wrong and there's so much happening today and we wonder if we're, are we ever going to get through it? But we know that whatever we face, whatever we have to handle, that you're with us. And your name is love. And we give you thanks for that. Amen.